thank God we're home. I can't believe we spent three months in that frozen hell. It was like a snowy nightmare from which there was no awakening. I don't know what Arctic expedition you guys were on, but I thought it was a hoot and a half. <laughs> Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 billion years ago expansion started. Wait, the Earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall. We built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery, it all started with a big bang. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of PMS, the Perpetual Motion Squad, a Big Bang Theory fan podcast. We're your hosts, Kat. And Paul. A married couple who are Big Bang super fans. We certainly are. Yeah, we just love to talk about all things Big Bang, and we're delighted that you're here to join us for the conversation. And I can't actually believe that we've only got nine seasons left. We are now in... Uh, season three, episode one. I know. So we've only got nine left. Well, technically it's 10 because this is the first episode of the third season. Well, whatever it is. So it, the whole we season are getting, to go. Yeah. So we are in episode one, season three, the electric can opa, fl- opener fluctuation. Try saying that three times really fast. Yeah. The electric <laughs> can opener fluctuation. Yeah. Well, I've had enough coffee, so I'm okay. I'm ready to, to go and, and get all organized. So. Yes, we are ready to do this episode. I what did we think of this episode? It's okay. There's yeah. there's a few fun moments and um Leonard's recurring I just can't catch a break is amusing. Yeah, I mean I uh, it it's good, not great. It grinds to a halt once or twice. Yeah, it's um, not it's not their best episode. No, no. And I and I I don't know. I mean it was you know, there were some fun parts of the, the episode. Now, was this the first time we actually get uh, introduced to Barry Gripke? No. This wasn't his first... Um... Didn't we already do the one with um, Monty, the ro- Oh, robot? yes, the killer robot. Yeah. yeah. We've done that one. Yeah. So that was the one. one That's the the one thing about having seen the entire series multiple times is you lose track of what happens when. <laughs> yeah, but I do like it when you, you know, you and I are being... You know, as the fact that we're super fans can sit there and go wasn't didn't we do that episode? oh yes we did okay so you know we're pretty much on board when when you want to do that but listen also now we have got our email perpetual motion squad zero zero i know it's a long email but de- to bear with me because i was you know i couldn't think of anything else that i could do and pms was taken because apparently pms is a girl thing so <laughs> mm. don't even go there so um i did the perpetual motion squad zero zero at gmail.com now you can reach out to us there let us know what you're thinking of the podcast and also if you could just be really nice and tell a friend about our podcast because podcasts live and die by word of mouth and if we can get more people listening and reviews on apple podcasts yes and if you review it on apple Podcasts, we can be higher up on the search engine so when people look for something big bang they come up with us yeah because We all know that this is the best Big Bang podcast. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, we're we're the best by far because we are positive Big Bang Theory fans, not the, oh, yeah, I wish Big Bang Theory and I'm going to rip it apart. We're not Big Bang Theory fans. We're Big Bang Theory super fans. Super fans. But listen, if you want to join us for an episode or two, let us know at at, uh, perpetualmotionsquad00 at gmail.com. It's really not that hard to do as long as you've got Zoom. 
on your computer and you have a microphone. You can be on the podcast. You can. You know, you can be on the podcast with us. And what we will do is if you reach out to us, we'll get together as far as, you know, we're going to watch this episode. So you watch it, we watch it. And then we, we it. then we come back and we actually have a Big Bang Theory fan podcast with an extra person. Fan. And, you know, you could become an a, a extra person on this podcast. We you might could go become from, an extra fan. <laughs> yeah, but no, but we could be, we get, instead of having two hosts, we could end up by having three hosts and you could be the next member of the Perpetual Motion Squad. So if you want to do that, perpetualmotionsquad00 at gmail.com, reach out to us and we'll see what we can do. Okay, now let's in dive the meantime, into it we are gonna we're go, here to talk about the episode. And I was going to say, in the meantime, we are going to dive into the electric can opener flux opener fluctuation <laughs> you just can't say that i cannot you? say that man it's ridiculous and anyone that wants to know what i'm wearing today i am wearing my uh, yes you can put your uh, put your hands in your face all you want madam uh, they want to know what i'm wearing i am wearing my now i went to see my darling wife okay here's a little backstory i love faulty towers so my darling wife at one stage took me to a dining experience of Faulty Towers. And then about I have to say that was fun. That was good. But about two years later, I got to go and see the stage play of Faulty Towers, where we were actually in the I hotel. Took him to that too. That was yes, she did. And that was awesome. And I got a Faulty Towers official t-shirt. And it is one of the things that Basil Faulty says to Manuel, which is please, please say. Please try to understand before one of us dies. <laughs> and if you don't know about that episode, go and watch eh? all the episodes. Yeah, go and watch all the episodes of Forty Towers. But that's where. So that is what I'm wearing today, and my um, awesome um, shorts that I'm wearing, which has got with panda bears on them. Panda bears on them. <laughs> so we are starting off this episode where we are seeing the boys coming home from the Arctic Circle. They have oh, returned. The North Pole. The Arctic Circle is the south. Well, oh, wherever they've come from, the they've, they've come back after three months mm -hmm. of being away. And, you know, they walk in the door and, and, you know, they have got the hair that looks like, well, I don't know. How could you explain with the, the hair? They okay. look... I actually have two pieces of trivia for this section. Okay, go for it. All right. So let's jump into the trivia. Okay, let's, let's jump into some trivia. Yeah, let, which is absolutely fun. Okay, so let me... Now, before, oh. I, before we jump into that, also, now, they have also... Fully grown facial hair. Okay. Now, what's interesting is that the actors actually grew real beards for the filming. No. Really? Can I finish? Yeah, sorry. But then they were told to shave them off so the makeup department could put fake ones on. Oh. Yeah. Why? Because I, my guess is that the real ones weren't full enough for them because they look so shaggy and bear-like. But what's... Okay, so, so Leonard... Raj and Howard come up and they look like furry mountain men that have been out for six months in the wild. These guys look like a, like the, a Bee Gees cover band. <laughs> Sheldon, however, is wearing a very nicely trimmed Van Dyke, which, which if you're, if you're really paying attention and you're sharp on this mm. is identical to that worn by a parallel universe, Mr. Spock in the, in the sixties on the original star Trek. And as they, as they say, it contrasts starkly with the barbarian or Klingon like beards and hair on Howard, Leonard and Raj. Also Howard and Leonard are compelled to curse Sheldon's Vulcan hearing, which is interesting considering the fact that his beard is identical to that of Spock in the original series in a, from a parallel universe. 
Really? Yep. I do remember. I I do vaguely remember seeing an episode of Star Trek with um Mr. Spock wearing Parallel the Parallel Universe Spock. Yeah, he was with, like with... he was like evil from that. Yeah, dimension. he looked really really yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So the, these guys, they, I mean, they have not had a haircut in three months. I mean, you're not going to get a haircut. Yeah. Uh, but what, what I find really interesting, okay, here's a little bit of something to trip us up. You know, we're only a couple of minutes into this podcast, so let's trip, let's trip ourselves up. These guys have grown <clears throat> the entire full beard. Yeah. And the shaggy hair. Yep. How is it that Sheldon is so manicured and his hair, okay, it needs a haircut, but it's still acceptable. How is it that he is so manicured and all the other guys just look like the BG's cover band? I'm guessing that they let themselves go, but he made Leonard give him a haircut. And shave him. Well, no, he can shave himself. But you think that he Okay. All right. Yeah, it's it's just rather interesting because you know because as as they walk in the door and you know they're like you know Leonard's like thank God we're home, and Howard's like you know I cannot believe we spent three months in that frozen hell, and you know and then of course this and Sheldon goes I don't know what expedition you guys run because I thought it was a hoot and a half <laughs> and yeah that that's basically Sheldon through and through he'll always find the positive if he can about anything but I love how they're walking up the stairs and he's on the phone to his mother and he's like no mum. I, I told you I'd call you when I'm when I'm home. I'm not home yet. Then he walks through the door and he goes, okay, okay now, now I'm, I'm home. home. Now, Sheldon's mother claimed that her prayer group kept him safe. And he's like, no, I couldn't feel your prayer group praying for my safe return. And he criticizes her logic as being post hoc ergo propter hoc. And the Latin translation of that is as this, therefore, because of this. So Sheldon is pointing out that just because the group's praying for him occurred before his safe return, it cannot be automatically taken that the prayer actually caused his safe return. Oh, okay. And I do like the I do like his his answers like, No, mother, I was not cursing you out in Eskimo. No, she said, No, mother, I was not sassing you in sassing Eskimo you. language. <laughs> Now, it's at this stage that she, now Leonard has dropped his bag down. That is it. He's put his keys into the bowl. That is it. But he makes a beeline straight for Penny's door. Now, here's an idea. Now, I don't know because maybe I'm just, you know, we, you and I have been married for almost 10 years. So maybe I'm just very comfortable. Um, if I come home and I need, I need to go to the bathroom, I'm not run, running over to give you a kiss before I go to the bathroom. I'll do that you after. do. Uh, there's no, you come in, you drop your bag, you give me a quick kiss, tell me you're going to the bathroom and that you'll talk to me in a minute. Sometimes. Most if of, all all okay. the time. But Leonard has not done anything and he drops his bag, puts his keys in the bowl and goes, okay, I'm going to get tell Penny we're home. Well, my yeah. theory about this is a, does Penny ever work? <laughs> He's always home. Um, and B, why don't you, you're looking like a shaggy, you know, Bee Gees cover person. Why don't you just go and it, have it a... No insult intended to the Bee Gees because no. that. Why don't you, okay. For three, okay. So they've come in back from, from the, from the North Pole. Why don't you go and have a shower? If you want to say shaggy, go and have a shower first. Freshen yourself up. You might, you might. You smell might like sm plain. You might smell like an Arab's armpit. I mean, for God's sake. Uh, honey. Don't what? Be don't be racist. I'm not being racist. That is that... a very racist comment. Well, I'm sorry, but that is that is just an Australian. Now, now saying like a like a camel's armpit, that's a different thing. Well, okay, that you just know that we're going to get an email from a camel saying, "Hey, don't." But he's been on a plane for he how has. many hours coming down from the, the Arctic Circle from the North he Pole? Would, yeah, he would really smell. And yeah, he smells like plane. Yeah, so go and have yourself a shower. 
I know you're not going to be able to get in for a shave and a haircut right now, but at least do that. But nope, he makes a beeline straight to Penny's door. And, you know, of course, you know, she, you know he knocks on the door and she opens it. She's like, oh, Leonard, you're back. And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to. And before he says anything. He's just, in his arms. Oh, yeah. Passionately. And then it's like, you know, she and, just said, and he, they, they break apart and he goes, Hi, and she goes, yeah, hi, and then just drags him into the door, uh, into her apartment, and, and then shuts it cuts the door. to Len, uh, Howard and Raj standing in the boys' apartment, and with their jaws on the floor, and Howard going, "Oh man, I should have been the, the one to go over and tell Penny we're back." And Raj is like, "Yeah, it's first come, first served." <laughs> yeah, I think I love how, that. <laughs> I think, yeah, that is an awesome bit of thing, and I really think that. Howard's got uh, a little bit more. He thinks a little bit higher of himself with Penny than he really is. Than anybody being. does, including especially Penny. Yeah, exactly. So we now see that we're back in the apartment, and and uh, Sheldon is very excited about the results of his experiment, and he says that you know uh, he 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 appreciates the contributions that Howard and Raj did, but he can't ex- he can't mention them by name in his Nobel Nobel Prize acceptance speech. But when he gets around to writing his memoirs, he'll get they'll get a very, very nice footnote and maybe a signed copy. Now, and he, and spoiler to, alert! Yeah, it's ironic that he says that because in the final episode, when he does receive his Nobel spoiler Prize, alert, I already said that. All right, and when he does, geez, you just never let me finish anything. Um, when he does finally get his Nobel Prize, he does very, very proudly mention both Raj and Howard by yeah. name. Yeah, he does, which is a really lovely, lovely acceptance speech because we all know that that uh, Sheldon is very self-centered. But when it comes to that moment, um, he just immediately yeah. looks at himself and goes, no, I'm not going to be self-centered this time. I'm going to really show <laughs> the people around me just how much I do care about them. And so how much they've supported him yeah. in getting there. And I have to admit, I cry. It is, it, yeah, it is a lovely episode. We've got uh, that's in uh, nine seasons time, so we'll get there. Um, almost ten, almost ten. But of course, as we're starting to see Sheldon walking away to his bedroom, we hear Raj say, "We need to tell him." And this is when Sheldon goes, "Tell me what?" Now he's a fair distance away from them. This is and, when they say, "Damn his Vulcan hearing." Yeah, and he goes, "You th- you're going to throw you're a planning surprise- a party, aren't you?" Yeah, and he goes, "If I if you I want I don't want a Luau Toga or Under the Sea." And he, and of course, they're like, okay, that's fine. We, but uh, look, we need just sit down. And he says, now, r- do you realize that, you know, the first couple of weeks you were doing the experiment and you couldn't find any, you know, um, magnetic monopoles to, to prove string theory? And he's like, well, yes. And, and he was, and he said, and you were very, very despondent. And he's like, yes. And he goes, okay, well, and then, then suddenly you got those, those positive results and it's, and you started to get, you know, happier. And he's like, oh, yes, it was. And absolutely amazing, you know, that I was getting these results. And he goes, yeah, well, the reason that you got the the uh, the results is not so much that you were detecting magnetic monopoles. It was actually the turning on and off of an electric can opener causing, <laughs> causing static electricity. And he goes, and, and you know, Sheldon's first thing, he stands up and he's like, no. And he goes, yeah, but, and of course, because he says you were acting like an obnoxious giant dictator and, and i love how um raj you know, is like well i thought we were going to be gentle with him and howard's like that's why i added the teacher peter and he goes okay well and this is where he goes um and sheldon says well 
did Leonard know about this? Leonard's my best friend in the world. Surely he didn't know. And of course, they're like, it was Leonard's idea. And he's of like, course of it course it was the Leonard. Whole thing smells of Re Leonard. Reeks of Leonard. Leonard, of Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go with throwing him under the bus. So we see that he goes, you know, there is, we're back in Penny and, and uh, sorry, Penny's apartment. And they are still going to town on each other. They haven't moved to the bedroom yet. They're still right against the front door. And we're hearing the, the natural three knocks from Sheldon trying to get into the apartment. And this is when Leonard says to Penny, don't no, make whispers, whispers, don't make a sound. And then you can hear Sheldon on the other side of the door going, Leonard whispering, don't make a sound is making a sound. <laughs> and of course, Leonard's like, oh, damn, his Vulcan hearing. So he keeps knocking. And and, was... and, and, oh, no, and then so Leonard's like, oh, it's a bad time. And then yeah. you hear knock, 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 Penny. <laughs> so Penny opens the door and she's like, you know, hey, Lennon. And it's like, hi, Sheldon. And he goes, look, I realize you're currently at the mercy of your primitive biological urges. But seeing that you've got a lifetime of poor decisions ahead of you, may I interrupt this one? And she's like, it's nice to see you too, Sheldon. And Sheldon tells how the three, how it says to, um, basically says to Leonard that uh, I was told that, you know, the, the results that I got were actually false. And he goes, well, yeah, they were actually inconclusive. It didn't actually work. And he goes, but, you know, we've still got the original data. You know, you can still publish that. And he goes, yes, but the data was uh, inconclusive. And he goes, and I've already sent an email to the, the university saying that I uh, found to confirm string theory. string theory and that i've worked out that it's changed the whole universe and this now, is when leonard goes yeah you probably shouldn't have done that now i'd like to point out yeah that it was a national science foundation expedition it's not their choice whether or not to publish the results and it was not sheldon's place to say anything to anybody before the nsf okayed it yeah, but this is this is Sheldon. Yeah, Sheldon I know, will but not be saying. held back. If he's if he feels that he needs to do something, come hell or high water, he'll do it. Yeah, so, but for Leonard to say you can still publish the results, no, that's not correct because it's not their results to publish. It's the NSFs. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe what would have happened is that they would have submitted the results to the NSF, and the NSF would have then said, "Okay, you can publish this." They would have actually had to wait. For confirmation Actually, from the NSF. no, the, N no? the NSF would have been the ones to publish because they were the ones funding the expedition. It's but, their process. It's their results. It's their testing. And I, okay, so therein lies the issue. If Sheldon knows the NSF would publish any findings under their name, Sheldon wants the, the recognition and the credit. So he would go ahead of them, regardless of whatever ramifications is going to come to him. He will make sure that everyone is aware that he was the one that found either he either confirmed or denied string theory. Yeah. So for him to jump the gun is, is not out of the realms of reality. We all know the way that Sheldon is. Sheldon is yeah. that sort of person that will just go gung ho into anything and bugger everyone else. It's either Sheldon's way or nobody's way. And we, we, we can see that as we've gone through the season, as we go further into the seasons, that it's all about Sheldon. And Sheldon is really a narcissist. It's yeah. all about Sheldon. It's nothing to do with anyone else. If Sheldon's unhappy, everyone's unhappy. unhappy. But if Sheldon's happy, then everyone can be happy. But if that's if that's not the case, then what if you if if he's unhappy and you're happy, no, 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 no. We're not having that. Because I remember there's a there's an episode where the where Penny and Sheldon uh, Leonard are walking up the stairs. And we're hearing the Darth Vader music and he goes to the front door and he goes, uh, uh Sheldon's unhappy. And she's like, well, how do you know? And he goes, cause that's the Darth Vader music. But, and of course we yeah. walk in and we find that he is 
amazingly pissed off about something. So the entire apartment had now has to try and figure out how to make Sheldon happy. So with him publishing, yeah, that's that's a narcissistic move by by Sheldon's standard. So yeah, exactly. unfortunately, it really is. And of course, um, and of course, you know, Leonard says that it yeah to keep him happy and prevent that because the, he was like, well. You know, the fact is that we were trying to keep him happy. And Penny's like, "What? why were you trying to keep him happy? And he says, because when Sheldon was unhappy, everyone was unhappy. I think you are. I think you also skipped over um, the the fact that there was uh, plans to kill him. This is I'm, I'm at that right point right now. Yeah. Because she does, he does say there was a plan because he was so unhappy to throw his Kindle out the front door. And, and as he goes out, out again, lock him out, freeze. freeze to death. And, of course, this is when Sheldon says, well, that's a bit of an overreaction. And Leonard goes, no, the overreaction was to be for you. Was to, to tie you to four different, four different sled, sled dog, dog teams, teams and yell mush. <laughs> <laughs> so he does say, you know. I still th- like the plan with the icicle. That's actually the perfect plan. Uh, Stab him with an icicle. Yeah, because then you have, because once it melts, you have no murder weapon. Yeah, well, that was Howard's idea. Yeah, but, but, that, but that's still, bro- I, sometimes I still think I should write a, 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 a short story about that. Okay, but here's the thing, not that we're going to get into a dark part of the, of our podcast, but if you stab someone with an icicle and it melts, there's still ice crystals within the wound. So there would be a good chance that a, a forensic pathologist would actually find ice crystals. Oh, a forensic pathologist could find ice crystals, yeah, but they're not going to find any fingerprints. No. Because it all melted away. So how are you going to know who stabbed him with an icicle? Mm, yeah, there was a serial killer. I'm really getting into a real dark topic, but there was a serial killer by the name of the Iceman. And what he would do is he would kill his victims, put them into a freezer for like two or three years, and then take them out and dump them on the side of the road. And it only, the only way that he was caught is because he dumped a body in the middle of summer on the side of the road when the when the police found them and opened up the the body. They're still partially there was, frozen. There was ice inside of the the cavity. Yeah, and I was like, oh. That's not supposed to be happening. If you're dead, you shouldn't have ice inside of you. No. So, so now we do see that um, you know Penny does decide to take you know, Sheldon's side, and because uh, you know she's like you know well maybe you should go and talk to him and and Lena's like oh he's a trooper he'll be fine and she goes yeah okay there's an idea you're right you shouldn't talk to him I I'll talk to him so she tries to comfort him and of course it just doesn't work you know it, it's it's Kitty yeah, and, and he's like, you know, that is my that is when I'm sick. I'm not sick. Well, I don't. Know I don't have a sad, sad song. I don't have a sad song. I'm not a child. <laughs> <laughs> and we do get a little bit of a backstory about the fact that that Penny wanted to be the head cheerleader, but unfortunately, in her high school, but unfortunately, they gave it to another another girl who, as she as Penny claims, was a big old slut bag. And, uh, and, so, and Sheldon sits up and says, considering your current attempts to cheer me up, do you really think that you have the qualifications necessary to be a cheer leader? <laughs> now, and she does say what, what her mother made her a celebratory pie. And you know, Sheldon's saying, well, are you saying that a, celebra- a celebration pie is even comparable to a Nobel Prize. Well, it was really tasty. <laughs> but my personal favorite moment in this is when Penny describes a scene from the new Star Trek movie. This is the one from 2009, which was the reboot. Yes. With Chris Pine. Yes. Um, and from the new Star Trek movie, meaning she, pro- get this, she saw it 
even though the boys had not, which indicates that she's begun to like some of their geeky things. My suspicion is because she knew that Leonard would love it and she was missing him. So she went to see it as a way to stay close to him. Yeah. This time was the, and this is the, the, this time was the only time that she knew something about Star Trek that Sheldon didn't. Yes, because he does say that he'd missed. And I missed, and I didn't even get to go to Comic Con, and I missed the new Star Trek movie. (laughs) And he absolutely balls like a three year old. And this is where Penny's just sitting on the edge of his bed trying to work out, I should really should not have come in to try and cheer him up. There is no chance about this. Now we're at the university. And we now see that every, all the guys have shaved. They've got all their, their hair cut, so they're looking very well, nice. How, Howard Except has a mustache Howard. that he calls the Clooney. <laughs> and, and, of course, what did Raj call it? The Mario and Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Howard cannot grow a decent mustache. Yeah, it I didn't looks, think it was that bad. It was terrible. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, and I love that. With, uh, with all due love and respect to George Clooney, too. Yeah. And I love that Howard says to Leonard, listen, did you guys, you know, did you and Penny, you know, and he goes, well, what, what I do with Penny is none of your business. And he goes, well, it wasn't for me, but my genitals want to know. And he goes, well, your genitals can just, you know, find their own business. Find their own business. And this is when Howard looks at them and goes, they said he didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> So we do see that, um, uh, and of course the, you know, uh, Howard now. Kripke Sheldon, is just freaking. Well, no, no. Cool. First of all, Sheldon comes out and he's got his lunch and he, this is when Leonard goes over and says, you know, Sheldon, come over and sit with us. And he goes, you know, I am. No, he says, why are you sitting alone? Yeah. And he goes, I don't, I don't have friends. I'm like the proverbial cheese. I now, alone. Now, be- now before this happens, Raj says, how is Sheldon? And he goes, well, he came out of his room with his dark Darth Vader helmet on and tried to force choke me. So it's a little a, better. Yeah. So it's at this stage that when he sits down and Sheldon looks at the boys, oh, he yeah. starts to try to force choke everyone. And Raj starts to make it look like he's being choked. And this is when Leonard goes to Raj, what, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I feel bad for I the feel guy. I sorry for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now Leonard gets up and goes over to yeah. him. And... So now this is when Sheldon decides he's had enough. So he sit, he stands up because apparently this guy, Kripke, comes over and he goes, well, you know, he, he basically says, Way way to go to destroy your career because he, no, he way to go to destroy your career. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he um and he because he says that he sent out this email and now he's got to do a Wetwaction email, which didn't help apparently because he the Yeah, <laughs> because he did he did actually um submit a retraction email to say that what he actually found was not actually real and it was a very big blunder in his career. Yeah, yeah. so. We do see that that has gone completely left of center. It just, it just didn't. I do, work. I do feel sorry for Sheldon. I do, yeah. But it he, is his own fault for jumping the gun on it. It is, um, but once again, being a narcissist, he'll jump the gun at everything. But the mm-hmm. fact is that, yeah, I do feel very sorry for Sheldon because it's it's humiliating. It it is. He was trying his hardest. He wanted to be the first to to prove string theory. He wanted to make sure that everyone in the university knew that he was the one that discovered, you know, confirmed string theory. So it's a very, very big dent in his, not only his ego, but his career when he has to literally go cap in cap in hand and say to everyone, I'm sorry, I retract my statement. I actually was wrong. And Sheldon doesn't admit that he's wrong very often. That's the thing with Sheldon is that he, to get Sheldon to actually admit that he's wrong you know, you might as well start pulling your own teeth out. It'll mm-hmm. actually be easier than trying to get Sheldon to say, I'm sorry. When yeah. he does say he's sorry, it, it, it's very sympathetic and it's very heartfelt. But right now, 
in season three, he is not there. It really he's not there means yet. something when he does apologize, but it takes a hell of a lot to get him there. Yeah. So now we see that Leonard is back at Penny's apartment and he wanted to give her a gift when he first got back. And it was, and this is beautiful. I'm going to let you talk about this one. I absolutely love this. So he gives her a gift and she's like, oh, and he hands her this little um, uh, velvet bag and she pulls out this little plastic thing and she's like, oh, what is it? And what it is, is a snowflake from the North Pole preserved in a solution of polyvinyl acetyl resin, also known as Formvar or Vinlec. And get this, it's the real thing. It is the real thing. It is the real thing. The trick was actually invented in 1940 by a general electric researcher in Schenectady, New York, who adapted a technique used to cast copies of aluminum crystallization patterns. Before then, snowflake patterns could only be captured with microphotography. Wow. Okay. So it really is a snowflake. It's a real snowflake from the North Pole. In- that is so that is awesome. Preserved. And I just I I just always thought that was so cool. And it's so romantic it is it's very romantic i yeah. mean it's a very unique gift yeah i mean it's not as good as my gifts that i've given you like you know going out for valentine's day at a, at a winery and letting you get hammered but <laughs> there's no, no she... need to get into that honey yes but now we see that as you know they're starting to kiss and get very romantic again here comes howard and raj and they have they're reporting that they can't find sheldon anywhere except that Howard got a text message saying that he was running away. And Leonard's idea is like, okay, well, here's an idea. Howard, you go to the comic book store. Raj, you go to the Thai restaurant and I'll stay here in Penny's apartment. <laughs> and and Penny's like, well, aren't you going to go and try and find him? And he's like, you know, well, uh, I, I don't really. And of course, then the phone rings and it, she's like, oh, and he, and he goes, oh, it's, it's, um, Sheldon's, it's mother. Sheldon's mother. And he go and he answers and he goes, oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. He's gone back to tech. He's gone back to Texas to his mother's house, and this is when how Leonard goes to Howard and Raj. Hey, okay, plan. new plan. You guys go to Texas, and I will stay in the Penny's Penny apartment. apartment. <laughs> Penny's like, aren't you going to go with him? He goes, well, I don't want to go to Texas. Now we see that they, you know, and Howard's like, my people have already crossed the desert once. I don't want to go to Texas. We're done. <laughs> but now we see that um, the the three boys are nope, in it. A... No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, we no. don't. Penny kisses leonard and says don't worry i will wait for you now just before the first shot of sheldon with his mother in texas and and oh yeah that's right texas there is one of the shots of the atom transition yes okay one of the electrons orbiting the nucleus is decorated with the texas flag it is i didn't see that oh my god it's that hilarious it's that quick. You can, and it's that can... quick. But for the eagle-eyed, the at one of the atoms has the Texas flag on it. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I thought I like that. I like those little nuggets of, of the yep. show. That's that's awesome. Um, so now we do see that children is at home with his mother, and you know, they the gonna they're gonna sit down and have a meal together. She's gone and given him a grilled cheese sandwich, which has got um a smiley face cut into it, but the eyes turned out a little bit strange, so we're just going to go with the you fact. You can just pretend he's Chinese. Chinese. And the look Sheldon gives her, he's like, seriously, Mom? But before he eats it, this is when we're going to do a little bit of, uh, we have to have a prayer because the prayers are done in the house. Well, I don't know how it was done in California, but in Texas, we pray before we eat. Because she goes, it, does, it doesn't matter about California being the land of the heathens, but over here we pray before we eat. Now, I can't remember the... The way that they actually say it. It's, oh, uh, what is it? Um, um, 
we are truly uh, grateful. Grateful for every. No, no, um, no. no, There's something before that. Something, and then truly grateful for every spoon and every plate. Be plateful, yeah. We can't remember the first two lines. Yeah, we can't remember this. Um, So we do see that you know they're sitting there, and and of course this is when his mother says, "Do you want to talk about what happened with your little friends?" And he and he says, "They're not my friends." And now we, of course, now we see that Leonard, Howard, and Raj have made it down there, and they're driving in a car. Now, I said to Kat, there is something about this car and this scene that is reminiscent to something that Kat has oh, got. Okay, there's there's two things that we want to talk about here. I'll let you do okay? it. The first is Howard is wearing a yellow shirt with a red dickey and a red cowboy hat that looks like the one from and that andy wears in toy story no or not andy um what's woody her name? woody no yeah the, no it's not like the one no it's the one it looks like the one the girl wears oh um his woody's girlfriend jessica jessica wears uh because it's red and it's got like the whip around the edges of that's it. right yeah and so they're going on Sorry, it's and, not woody yeah it's jessica yeah and giving Jessie. him yeah Jesse, thank you. Yeah. And giving him grief about that. And I I just want I did not know this until I was researching this episode. So Raj mentions that he looks like something out of Toy Story. Yeah. Okay. Now Mary Cooper, Sheldon's mother, is pay, played by actress Lori Metcalf, who also played the voice of Andy's mother in all of the Toy Story movies. Really? I didn't yes! know that one. I know, right? Wow. Okay. That's, okay. A, that's a surprise. And then the other piece of trivia, um, which I wouldn't have brought up otherwise, except for you did, um, is that that yellow shirt is... Okay. So the cast members, um, after the filming finished at the end of season 12, the cast members picked different parts of their wardrobe and... It was actually they're actually cut into like little one inch squares and then put in these little like credit card size things with a picture of the actor wearing that piece of clothing with the actor's name and the episode number and all of that and then sold off as collector's items to Big Bang Theory fans. And I have a piece of Howard's yellow shirt. You do. So whenever we see that episode, we can see, and as I said to Kat, just uh, when we were watching the episode, there is your shirt. Yeah. That was in that scene. It's with the the three guys in the car. Howard's wearing it, and that's part yep, of her that's shirt. That's my shirt. That's yeah. part of my collection. That's a very treasured part of my collection. Yeah, she's she's also, she's got collections of, on, I think the only one I don't have that I've got to get you is Raj. No, I'm missing two. No, you should be only be missing one. I'll have to check, but I think I'm missing two of them. No, but anyway, other... let's let's move on. Yeah, it's I not think you're only missing collection. one. They don't. Care. Your collection is awesome. It is, but they don't care. I think they do. Um, so of course we do see now that when Raj and Howard and Leonard have arrived, they they caught the red eye down to um, Texas. So obviously they really, I mean, and as Leonard says, you know, there's a three hundred five back to Los Angeles if I really want to be on. And she says, "Oh, is it a girl?" Yeah. And, and he says, "Oh, oh good, I've been, I've been praying for you." For you. And you always see the sit. See her, yeah, him look at her like, what? What do you, what do you mean? If anyone was going to be the gay person in the show, we all see, believe that it should have been Raj. Yeah. Now, what's interesting when they first get there and she offers them hospitality, 
In both the original broadcast version and the DVD version, Sheldon's mother is clearly drinking a can of Pepsi. Yes, In the original broadcast version, she later tells Howard, you'll take a cola. But in the DVD version says, you'll take a Coke. Though in the southern part of the U.S., and Texas especially, and this is 100% true, Mm. where the scene takes place, the word Coke is synonymous with sodas of any brand or flavor. So Sheldon's mother saying, you'll take a Coke, is more true to form for Texans than the version of the phrase used in the original broadcast even if she was referring to a pepsi okay so she was drinking a pepsi so we've got so that's product placement right there okay now if she says coke is doing brand branding that is not being paid yeah but like they said coke is um okay um you know how levi's are jeans but not all jeans are levi's yes but everybody calls jeans levi's levi's yeah so it, yeah. it's that umbrella term like Levi is for jeans. Yeah. I mean, I do be- I do understand the fact that if she says you'll take a cola, that's universal. If she's drinking a Pepsi and says you'll take a Coke, suddenly Pepsi goes, what the hell? Well, see, and that's the thing is in Texas, if she says, okay, do you want a Coke? She could hand you a 7-Up, a Sprite, a Mountain Dew, a Pepsi, a Coca-Cola. Yeah, see, that would be confusing for me. Because, it is confusing. Because when I lived in, in Massachusetts, it was soda. Yes. And soda but, was universal. But, but Coke in Texas is, yeah, is universal soda. It's yeah. the universal term of soda. Yeah. And I like it when, he, when they first walk in and Howard is ta- trying to talk Texan. And I'm not, <laughs> not even going to try that. I would always sound like an yeah, idiot. Our don't. American listeners would sit there and go, Paul, please don't do that. You don't sound American. No. And I certainly don't. No. But he walks in and he goes, I've got it. And I'm not going to say it. I got a hankering for a Lone Star beer, ma'am. <laughs> and, and of course she goes, you uh, li- stop talking like that. We don't have any alcohol in this house. And no, lose no, the hat. no, no. It's, there is no alcohol in this house. Stop, stop talking, talking like that and, and lose the hat. the hat. And then he goes, oh, I'll take a diet yoo And she goes, you'll take a soda. Yeah. So no, she said you'll take a cola. A cola. A yeah. cola. Yeah. yeah. So we do see that the children is standing there saying, you know, what are they doing here? And and he's like, you know, I'm not going to go back to LA. I'm going to be staying here because and now I'm going to be distant. I'll be teaching uh um creationists, uh, evolution to a evolution bunch of creationists. To creationists. She's like, now you watch your mouth. Shelly. You watch, your, you, might, you watch your mouth, Sheldon. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Evolution is not an opinion. It's a fact. And that's your opinion. And this is when Sheldon goes, I forgive, I forgive you, you, let's you, go let's home. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love Mrs. Cooper's answer. Don't tell me prayer doesn't work. <laughs> yep. Don't tell me prayer don't work. <laughs> so now we're finally back in LA. And now it has finally happened. Leonard and Penny have had sex. And Leonard starts to talk and he says he doesn't see why it has to be weird for friends to have sex. They were friends and now they're more than friends. It is what it is. Leonard? And this is when goes Penny says. Leonard, it's weird. Totally. And fade to black. <laughs> fade to black. That is the end of the episode. Now, I did say to Kat about the fact, why is it weird? She did tell me why it would be weird and I completely understand it now. But it's this it was at that moment that I sat there and went, I don't know why it's weird, but well, now I understand. Yeah. Well, it's it's like um, we did do a little bit of role playing, Kat and I did about why it would be weird, and I completely understand it. Yeah. So. Well, well, for, for example, Paul has a friend that he's known for dog's age, like over 20 years. Yeah. And this woman has always believed that she would be his soulmate. 
Yeah. And Paul just sadly does not feel the same. Well, sad for her, not for me. Um, feel that way about her. Yeah. But so so it's the equivalent of like him being Penny and her being Leonard and her finally convincing him around to her way of thinking. And then he's like, yeah, okay, now I get why it would be weird. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be very weird. So yeah. I completely understand that. So what did we think of that episode? As I um, said, good, it's okay. Not great. It, it, it moves the character arcs forward. It does. It builds a little bit more, not a great deal. We do I love I love Mary Cooper in this episode. She cracks yeah. me up. I mean, we do see that that Sheldon's still, you know, he's still got that very huge narcissistic side of him. That's not well, going to change anytime he, soon. That doesn't really change until Amy Farrah Fowler comes into the picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, it still takes her a while to get it. Even in, okay, even the last episode of season 12, he's still a narcissist. Well, that's still going to be a core part of his personality. Yeah, he's never going to lose by that. By then, he's willing to be open to the fact that other people matter. Yeah, it does. It does tone down quite a lot, but right now we are on a very high level of it's all about me, not about you. Shut the hell up. Yeah, sort of exactly. Thing. But yeah, it was it was a good episode, not a great episode, but it, it did move as I said, it did move the characters along. Didn't move them at a huge, you know, huge space, but it actually did do it. So I was yeah. I was actually happy with that one. So that was that was okay. Yep. Um okay. Do you have so any we... more fun facts or crazy credits? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we had one lunch at the Caltech cafeteria, mm -hmm. and we're going to count Sheldon's dinner with mom as eating at home. Okay, yes, that's we are going to count that one. Oops, um, and the we do have a crazy credit, which is really crazy. Okay, at the end of the credits, vanity card number two fifty six is shown, which a picture is captioned with "Thanks, Comic Con." The picture has been manipulated from its original form. This is very apparent as many audience members have been duplicated and or mirrored. One of one of note is the man wearing a green shirt who appears on both lower corners of the picture. Really? And that's the entire crazy credit. Wow. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Glad we didn't settle in for that one. Yeah. Now, next week's episode is, is going to be season three, episode two. The Gemini Conjecture. And that one is, if you want to watch along with us, that is our next episode. We will just give you, we're not even going to give you a heads up of what it's all about. Just watch it and enjoy it. But That yes, one actually cracks me up a bit. That is a, that is an interesting one. That's a more, one. an interesting one. Okay. So thank you for joining us. If you want to reach out and leave us a comment um, or say that you'd like to be part of a, a PMS episode, email us at... Perpetual Motion Squad 00, that is the number 00 at gmail.com. And in the meantime, we'll see you next week and catch you at the Cheesecake Factory. Bye, everyone. Music and mythology, Einstein and astrology, it all started with a big.